Welcome to Inside the OC, a podcast about the world's largest participatory sporting event, the United States Bowling Congress Open Championships. Join Matt Cannizzaro and Aaron Smith as they talk to some of the greatest names in the history of the tournament. The Eagles are ready. Let's take flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Bowl TV. My name is Matt Cannizzaro, and we are here for another episode of the Inside the OC podcast, a show dedicated almost entirely to talking about the USBC Open Championships. Another fun show in store for you today. We're going to talk about a lot more than just bowling, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to this gentleman about uh, his great career so far uh, and now what things are like uh, on this side of 50 once again. Uh, but before we bring him in, uh, let's bring in today's co-host, uh, Aaron Smith. Welcome back. Thanks, Matthew. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, just uh, growing up as a baseball fan uh, and getting to watch this gentleman do his his original job. And now we get to see him and, and know him uh, personally and, and see him on the lanes. And uh, pretty awesome that uh, one person can excel at so many different things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, definitely so. Even just reading in some of the notes, uh, learned a few things, but I, I, I know you're always on point with your branding, and I know you're a Mets fan, so I'm sure wearing that Texas Rangers shirt has to uh, has to hurt a little bit. But uh, it's for a good reason, though. So uh, I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, I'm pretty excited to to bring this show to the majors. Okay, that, I'll, that'll be my last bad pun for that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, super excited for uh, to chat, and this is arguably the coolest background background we've had on the show so far. So. Uh, that's definitely going to go, go a long way too. All right. Well, uh, this gentleman, John Burkett played a long career in the major leagues. 1987 was his debut. Uh, wrapped things up in 2003, played coast to coast, had some great success, found his way to the playoffs and such, uh, and did a stint in Texas for the Texas Rangers. And, uh, something about the, the DFW area was, uh, was special. Looking forward to hearing about that. And uh, that's where, uh, where he is now. He's in South Lake. And he's coming to us live uh, from Berkey Bowl, his own bowling center uh, at his house uh, nearby here uh, in South Lake, Texas. Let's bring him in. John Burkett, welcome to the show. All right, here we go. Here comes John. Special message for all the fans out there uh, as he practices at Berkey Bowl here getting oh, ready man. for today's show. <laughs> I'm a little late, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sounded like a strike, though. Sounded like a strike. What's up, guys? Hey, John. Yeah, how you doing? Thanks, thanks for sending those patterns to me. I appreciate it. Oh, no. It's nice, it's nice to get a little practice you know, before. Oh, no. Put it right on me. <laughs> <laughs> The controversial John Burke. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we appreciate fraud if I went if I went to Eagle, right? <laughs> we certainly appreciate the sense of humor, of course, and uh, and always a good time. Uh, we're looking forward to today's show, catching up, we'll see what you've been up to, and uh, hearing about things, life before baseball, after baseball, and and everything in between. And uh, I know you got a lot of fans out there, so hoping for a, a nice crowd today. Some good questions in the chat, folks. If you'd like to ask John anything, please drop that in. Ask away. And, and we'll uh, we'll get those answered for you. But uh, typically, we start off the show just by catching up with life, what it's been like in 2020. Uh, most of our guests don't have their own bowling lanes at home, uh, so it's uh, something unique today. We get to hear about that and see maybe how that played into 2020 for you. 
Uh, but take us back. It's been a year where you uh, you were coming off a great 2019, some success, uh, some things to look forward to, both at the Open Championships and on the PBA 50 Tour and, and other places as well. Uh, and then things happened. Uh, but tell us what 2020 has been like for you. Uh, there's been definitely some ups and, and literally some downs for you as well. So tell us, uh, tell us <laughs> yes, what the year's been up. like. Well, as we all know, we had the pandemic hit in March, so we uh, had the PBA 50 canceled, which was, you know, really disappointing, and also the USBC championships. But uh, I decided to go to Park City, Utah, and take up some mountain biking, you know, for something to do, and took a crash and broke my wrist. So that's been a five-month recovery uh, from that, and I just started bowling probably a month ago again. So. Uh, we have the SASBA tour here, the senior tour here in the Southwest area. And I've been bowling that since I turned 50 and that's a good way to kind of stay sharp and on the house patterns, but uh, we have good turnouts and it's well-run organization and it's a lot of fun. Well, now luckily it was your left wrist that you injured. So uh, right. it didn't, didn't hurt the, the pitching arm or the, the bowling arm there. Uh, so very fortunate that you were uh, lucky enough or, or smart enough to, to fall on the correct side. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it's been a whole lot of fun with the, the rehab and such and some other things. But, um, you know, glad you're able to get out there and bowl and, and do some things and, and learn some things. And Aaron had a, a very similar situation, uh, maybe not uh, a, a mountain biking accident, but you guys were able to relate a little bit as far as the, the rehab and, and getting back to it. Aaron's a superstar bowler, too, if you didn't know. Uh, had a big set last night uh, in his league as well. So uh, both of you guys uh, on the mend and, and things looking up. Would you shoot, Aaron? Ah uh, well, after two fifty seven and two seventy six to start over at Forum, I uh, gracefully started game three with the front three before falling off the rails for a nice two hundred four and seven thirty. Oh, okay. Game. Okay, so well, it, solid. It, yeah. it had its ups and downs. It was full of emotions, but uh, but yeah, uh, and you know, we talked about this before the start of the show. I was actually coming back uh, from frozen shoulder on my right and uh, my bowling shoulder, uh, so I was out for about uh, eight months. Didn't pick up. A, pick up a ball right at the yeah. start of the new year uh, was when I kind of got the okay to get back into it. Started with the 12 pound ball. I'm actually using 13 right now. Uh, so I haven't progressed too much in the weight, uh, but that's where I'm feeling comfortable at, but uh, able to kind of get out into a normal, you know, bowl pretty much once a week, twice a week now. So it's uh, it, it was definitely uh, hard to not compete for a while, but glad to be getting back into it. So, and I'm sure like you said, you're uh, you're definitely looking forward to to getting that full range of motion back on the left side and uh, right doing what you yeah do. my wrist my wrist with the uh, the atrophy and not using it and my arm you know not being used and I I got frozen shoulder now so I know what you went through and I'm getting ready to go through the rehab for that so it's it's been a frustrating year as far as that goes but again fortunately it wasn't my right right hand and right or my right arm and right wrist so I'm now able to get back into it. Uh, even though I'm picking the ball up off the rack with my right hand and, you know, not using my left arm too much. So that's been, it's been going okay. So anyway, enough about the injuries and <laughs> the crying and whining, right? Now there, there has been some, some upside to 2020 as well for you. Uh, you do have three children who are, are grown and, and often in the world doing things. And I know last year we spoke, uh, your daughter was a cheerleader at SMU. So you're spending some time. Uh, watching the, the football games and such. And uh, this year, uh, despite the, the downsides, gave you an opportunity to spend some more time with the family, to have everybody home for a little while. So uh, talk about the, the upsides of, uh, of an unfortunate year overall. Right. Well, I mean, she, she was living in New York 
at the time uh, working for Mirror, the new exercise uh, Mirror equipment that you can get at home. But uh, in March 14th, I flew her home because of COVID. They started canceling sports, and I knew it was going to be bad at that point. So I, I brought her home, and like you said, then the other two came home, and uh, so all three of our kids were were at the house and lived there for a couple months. And I remember having a couple dinners and mentioning the fact that you know this is the one good thing about it is that you know we probably won't be able to do this much. Uh, they'll, they'll be moving on with their lives and not home as much. So that was kind of the, the good part of it. All right now in your professional baseball career, again, 1987 is when things got started all the way to 2003, you played in a variety of cities, really from coast to coast. Uh, what was it or what is it about the Dallas Fort Worth area that, that made you want this to be home and, and a permanent home for you? And, and as you can see, uh, a very nice home as well. It's all about the bowling, man. I talked my wife into standing here for the bowling. <laughs> not not really, but I got traded here in '96 to the Rangers, and we we really got along with the the families here, and I uh, had a really good good group of people, and they all kind of stayed, and uh, we don't see a whole lot of them anymore, but uh, we had a lot of good times together uh, during those the '96 to the 2000 season. You know, we were the first Texas Ranger playoff team in history. Uh, including the Washington Senators, the franchise, uh, we became the first team to, to make it to the playoffs, but uh, lost to the Yankees in the first round in '96. But we made it two of the next three years, so it was a lot of fun. Our kids started going to school here, and uh, you know, as you know, it's easy to travel from here, and there's a lot of positive things here in Texas. The weather's good; can play golf, uh, so it's been great. Uh, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Excellent. I'm actually now, in Fort Worth now, but you, you said Southlake, which is where I used to live. But whatever, right. I, this is the, this is a new home. I built this home uh, two years ago, so we moved to Fort Worth. So we're down by the uh, TCU University, enough, right, right, right down the street. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I'll be over to practice uh, right after the <laughs> yeah. show. All right. Um, but uh, before we talk bowling and PBA 50 and all the things you've done recently, uh, bowling's always been a huge part of your life, going back to your days growing up. Uh, in the Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Um, and then baseball happened. And you mentioned some similarities to Mookie Best, for example, where bowling was a first love. Uh, and then baseball was something that uh, you were able to turn into a career. Tell us about those two paths and uh, how they crossed and then how they, they went away from each other for a minute while you're making a life uh, on the baseball diamond. Yeah, I grew up in a small town called Beaver, Pennsylvania. It's about 40 miles from Pittsburgh. And, uh, the only thing to do in the wintertime is bowl for me. I mean, I, I bowled all winter and I played baseball all summer and, uh, bowling became, you know, number one for me. I, I really wanted to be a professional bowler from the time I was a little kid and was working really hard at be, becoming one. Uh, my first job was setting duck pens. I don't know if people out there know what that is. Uh, the little pins with the rubber bands around them. And, uh, that was a good time. We had a six lane center and we, we, that, that was my first job made 10 cents a bowler. So big, big cash back then. But, uh, but I'd always bowled and then they turned that bowling center into 10 pins and, uh, converted it over to 10 pins. And I continued to work there and got a lot of practice and they let me oil the lanes myself. So I got her together, made them difficult. And yeah, I got some good practice in that way. And my game progressed and got, you know, more solid as I went. And I really thought I was going to, turned pro out of high school, but I, you know, got drafted at my senior year, uh, by the giants in the sixth round. So, you know, I get one chance at that and I, you know, went for it and, and, uh, spent seven years in the minor leagues before I actually got to the big leagues. So 
there was many times in my legs I was thinking, ah, heck with this stuff. I'm going to go bowl, you know. But uh, fortunately, it, it worked out. Now, while you're out there uh, living the life, uh, it sounds like bowling was still uh, a pretty good part of it. How do you stay sharp and uh, stay involved in bowling, something that you're so passionate about while you're out there traveling for, you know, 150-plus games a year? Well, uh, I remember having a Honda Prelude, and the first thing I tossed in my my car was two bowling balls behind the driver's seat on the floor, on the floor. So I made sure I had two bowling balls with me at all times. And, uh, I practiced on my off days, especially like the day after I pitched, you know, cause it helped get the soreness out. Okay. And, uh, so I actually think it helped me, uh, the bowling part of it. And, you know, in the winter time, keeping the shoulder active and, uh, doing it, you know, the opposite way where there wasn't just the baseball stress. I think it, uh, actually was a, a big uh, positive in my life and my, my career, as far as the health part goes, I, I never really got injured the whole time, 22 years in baseball. So uh, I had a couple short stints on the DL for tendonitis, but you know, nothing major. So I, I really think the bowling had a lot to do with that. All right. Now you had a, a great career in the majors. Uh, I would say by, by most standards, even uh, made some headlines records with the, with the giants there, 22 win season. A couple all-star appearances, uh, so uh, certainly a, a, a great career. I'm sure there's there's some things that that you would have liked to accomplish that you did not. Um, and then in 2003, it was time to walk away. Uh, tell us about that, the timing, the decision, if if you don't mind talking about it, and then kind of what happens uh, at that point. What is uh, what is retired life from baseball? What does that mean? What is that like uh, now that it's been almost 20 years? Well, I mean, I, I was playing my you know 15th season in the big leagues with the Red Sox in 2003, and I'd been in the playoffs a lot uh, the previous years. And you know, I mean, really, the only thing I wanted to do is win a World Series championship, and that's why I was playing at the end. And uh, with the Red Sox, if you look back at the 03 season, I mean, it was just devastating. I, uh, we were down three games to two. I got to pitch game six uh, against Andy Pettit, and uh, we forced a game seven. And then 5-2 lead with Pedro Martinez on the mound and one out in the eighth inning. I mean, you're pretty much booking your ticket, you know, to the, to the World Series. And I was supposed to pitch game four of the World Series. And uh, the Yankees came back and tied it. And Aaron Boone hit the 11th inning home run off of Tim Wakefield, who pitched great for us all season and, and, uh, and pitched great that game. Just, you know, one pitch cost us. But uh, after that, I was kind of ready to spend time with my family. My kids were getting older and, you know, I felt like I was kind of missing their life. And, uh, and the Red Sox let me go like two weeks after that. Theo Epstein called me, which GMs never do. I mean, he gave me a call and said, Hey John, we're not going to you know, keep you. So, uh, I pretty much told myself it wasn't the Red Sox at that point. I was going to hang them up. So that's what made me make that decision. Gotcha. And I, I believe in Boston, there's another word between Aaron and Boone, but we can't say that on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We will, uh, but yeah, that's definitely a, a heartbreaking situation there. Uh, but, you know, right. throughout the course of, uh, you know, the 15 years on the road, uh, you know, as someone who's, uh, you know, grew up a big fan of baseball, watch a ton of baseball, uh, just, you know, for you, I, I know the stadium aspect of it is such a big part for the fans and seeing some of those places, some of those stadiums uh, for you, was there a favorite park that you just love to go to every time, you know, whether it was a place that you, you played for or against just, you love to be at which stadium, like what were your top stadiums to, uh, to go to? 
but I was the same way. I was a baseball fan growing up as a kid. Uh, I told you the bowling was my number one, but still, I played baseball every summer. You know, I watched game of the week on Saturdays at two fifteen Eastern. Yeah, you know, so uh, baseball was a big part of my life, and the old stadiums are so cool. You know, and so I, when I made it to the big leagues, of course, I was you know looking forward to seeing some of those stadiums. And uh, Yankee Stadium is pretty amazing. You know, to walk out there in old Yankee Stadium and think about the players that have played on that field. You know, I definitely thought about that when I went out there for the first time. And uh, of course, you know, Fenway Park and being able to have that as my home stadium for two seasons was pretty special. That'd be pretty awesome, uh, Mr. Canzaro. I know you're a Mets fan over there. We got uh, I got another Texan here. We want to bring into uh, onto the screen here, dropping in the chat. <laughs> Dale Ballard, Dale Ballard, uh, also a, a DFW guy. Uh, I know you guys are are pretty close, good friends, and uh, you know you spent some time uh, in Dell's pro shops over the years as well. And uh, Dell, hopefully on the mend as well from uh, some recent surgery. So I know we talked yes, about him. We're all- Praying for him. I, I saw him uh, a week ago, though, at one of the SASBA tournaments. So he seemed to be doing really well. Thanks, Dell. Very nice to say. Excellent news. We got a lot of good comments coming in through our Bowl TV chat here. Uh, some crazy questions and different things uh, about bowling, bowling balls. Uh, John, obviously, wearing a, a storm shirt there. So some, some potential insight on some of that equipment and uh, how that plays a role in his career. Uh, there's baseball questions. There's, there's talk of dealers. <laughs> gotta take care of this yeah the sponsors here there <laughs> you go um yeah there's a question about the steelers as well so i, I know you mentioned uh the, the berkey bowl sign uh is all about the steelers and and of course uh again where you come from up there so uh you're probably pretty happy about uh, how oh, things man. are going for them and especially maybe oh, yeah. in the recent weeks absolutely uh i knew last year you know when ben got hurt and we went ran through four of our Four, four quarterbacks, kind of like how the Cowboys are dealing with right now. And uh, we were eight and five at one t- time, which was crazy. You know, our defense was super special. So I really thought that we could make a run this year. So here we are, nine and oh. And uh, we got Jacksonville this week. So hopefully uh, make it 10 and oh. All right, John. And, I have to- and, then, and then the Ravens on Thanksgiving. It'll be a big one. I have to ask the hard question is, uh, is 16 and 0 going to happen here? It's going to be tough. I mean, right now, I think the Ravens, Colts, and uh, Bills we have on our schedule. So that'll be our tough, tough matchups. You never know who, you know, you can lose to anybody in the NFL, but those are probably three of the tough ones. And uh, I'd love to see it, man. I'd love to see 16 and 0. Some people don't want them to win all 16 because they want, them, you know, they feel like they're going to lose in the playoffs. But to me, I think as an athlete, you just, it's better to keep winning and want to protect that streak. You know, I think it, it, uh, gives everybody an extra edge to keep it going. I don't think it's pressure. I just think it's believing in yourself and having confidence to keep it going. So hopefully they'll have that mindset. Uh, well, John, it, it does appear that uh, you're a, a pretty uh, well-rounded sports fan. And and so far in just a few minutes, we've managed to talk about uh, baseball, bowling, football, and mountain biking and, and how not to do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also in your retirement, you mentioned uh, spending more time with the family and kind of, getting into what things were like uh, after a great career in the majors. Uh, and then there's one more kind of activity or sport or hobby, however you guys want to describe it, uh, that you got involved in, uh, and that's poker. So while you did not make it to the Baseball World Series, 
Uh, you then made it to the, the World Series of Poker and the World Series of Bowling. And uh, tell us about that because that's, uh, that's a wacky turn of events that uh, maybe I, I wouldn't have seen coming. Well, it's funny whenever you, you mentioned that during our prep, you know, yesterday or this morning, and uh, I didn't even realize that. It's kind of funny, kind of ironic that I, that I actually played in you know, both of those other sports World Series event. But uh, with poker, I took it up after baseball. I mean, I just – I remember seeing uh, the World Series of Poker being run over and over and over again on ESPN back in 2002 and 2003. And uh, Chris Moneymaker mm -hmm. was the big name. He had won a $40 satellite, which means you pay $40, and there's you know, a ton of people in the tournament, and they give away free spots to the World Series of Poker. And the World Series of Poker was $10,000 entry, so it's a cheap way to get in. But he got in with a $40 satellite, and he won $2.5 million. So. I thought to myself, well, I think I could do this, you know? So I dedicated myself to poker after baseball and, and, uh, traveled a lot with my family, obviously spent time with them. But on, on the side, I played online poker until they made it illegal. And, but I went, took some trips to Vegas and whatever, and, and, uh, played the world series a couple of times, played an event, main event once and played, uh, the senior event once and several other events. But the senior event was the one that I made the biggest run in. And I think I there was like forty four hundred players, and I ended up like two hundred and eightieth or something like that. But so that was a that was a really fun uh, run. I lost with Ace King. That's what always oh. happens. Ace King against aces. I almost folded them, but I only had like forty big blinds left, and I, I was the original re raiser, so uh, I had to I had to go with it. But a little disappointing, but that's how it goes. It's tough to dodge the bullets there. Certainly. And, uh, and while all this is happening, you're, you're still, you know, enjoying, enjoying the, the family life and such. Uh, and you said you were only bowling about one, one league a week, uh, at, at the time, or at least post retirement right. there. And, right. uh, After you know, baseball. With some sporadic events and tournaments and different things just to, just to fill things out. Uh, before we get into your OC career a little bit, uh, tell us where the turning point was. You mentioned it being around turning 50 years old. Still, you had some great performances prior to that. Uh, but uh, that's really when things got serious for you to the point that, you know, we're talking to you from your own bowling center right now. Uh, yeah. Well, the OC, you don't want to talk about the OC yet. Not, not quite yet. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. For sure. Okay. Right. But just the turning point for, for bowling, uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot, you know, and I'm full time was just be uh, looking forward to my 50th birthday and being able to, you know, bowl against the guys, you know, Pete Weber and Brian Voss and Norm Duke. And I mean, just such a great, opportunity to be able to fulfill another dream and, and uh, be able to bowl against, you know, those guys and see where I you know, stood, see if I could hang with them, which I uh, found out that I could on, you know, very small scale of a very, <laughs> very short term at times. But, uh, but it's been a great, it's been a great experience. You know, when I turned 49, I really kind of gave up on poker a little bit and picked up the bowling ball and, and, and got obsessed with that again. And uh, Chad Newman worked with me a lot and Dell and I mean, just a lot of people uh, really helped me with my, you know, get my grip and span and my pitches and everything settled. And it took like a year to do that. And, uh, and then I've been able to be on the, on the senior tour and, and do that. It's been such a great time. I had a couple, couple, a uh, couple good tournaments, but haven't won one yet. Well, That's certainly some, some success some close calls. Um, talk us or talk to us about kind of what, what it's like, the preparation, or, or just uh, a week in the life, really, of, of John Burkett out there 
uh, trying to be ready for all these events and be sharp. And, and what does it take uh, to go from, you know, one, one league a week to being really a, a contender on the, the PBA 50 tour? Well, I think it's funny that you always think you're good at something, you know, until you see other people that are really good. And, uh, you know, I learned that lesson pretty, pretty quickly. And I continue to learn that lesson. I mean, I know that, you know, I'm getting better, but I still have a lot of work ahead. And uh, the preparation, like you said, I mean, you just have to be committed to it. And you have to be, to me, you have to be obsessed with it, you know, and I, I, I get that way with things. <laughs> so uh, bowling is just another one of those things. And I love the work that's involved. I love trying to figure it out. And uh, so that's where I'm at. And hopefully we get to do it again in 2021. Now, at this point in your in your life, in your career, would you say uh, you're better known uh, as a baseball player, as a poker star, or as an up-and-coming bowler? Or do, do you get I recognized often and have different, very you know, different often. fan bases? <laughs> I, I do, but it's mostly Giants fans. That's usually when someone comes up to me, and yeah, it's usually a Giants fan. So, And I, I really consider myself a Giant. I uh, started there you know, seven years in the minor leagues and five of the big leagues, so. Uh, it's always nice. I get, I get it just enough to make it fun, you know, but, uh, it's probably more baseball than bowling, but it, it happens with bowling too. They'll, or they'll say you're the baseball player, the bowls, you know, they, they do that kind of thing too. Okay. Now is the goal just to be known as John Burkett, the, the bowler, the PBA <laughs> champion? Absolutely. Oh man. Right. It'd be so great to, to win a national title, you know, and, uh, you know, beat somebody like Pete or Norm or, you know, guys that I looked up to all those years, Walter Ray, Parker. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, even whenever I have the right look and, I, you know, and I'm bowling great, it's just so tough to run through those guys. They're just so good. And uh, mid-lane's changed you know, a little bit every time they oil them, and uh, keeping up with that sometimes catches up with me. I, I don't quite get there you know, because, of the, because of that. But like I said, I like the work involved. I like the, the – uh, effort that, the, that it takes to, to get there. It, the journey's fun, you know? So hopefully it ends in a victory, but we'll see. Well, now you did have the opportunity in 2019. You did pick up a PBA regional title, which had to be pretty special for you. Right. Certainly to show you that the hard work is paying off uh, and to give you the confidence for the next level. Uh, tell us about that. Again, 2019, uh, you had a, a terrific year on the lanes and then things got crazy for us. But uh, tell us about that moment and uh, being able to pick up that victory and uh, kind of how that motivated you to, to keep it going. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, it was in Houston and uh, it was a non-champions event, but it was the kids, you know. So there was about 80, 80 bowlers there. And uh, one of them was Wes Balot's kid. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. What's his name? Uh, Jordan? Jordan Malott. Oh, man, he throws the ball. Unbelievable. And uh, it was just so impressive that to be 53 years old and bowling a 15-year-old who's taller than me. <laughs> it was pretty weird. But uh, I knew he was going to get a lot more opportunities, and I was just hoping that I could, you know, get across the finish line against him because he was, he was just bowling so great. But, uh, yeah, something I'm very proud of for sure. I mean, I, and it showed me that if I match up and uh, – you know, and I'm on my game. I can, I can do it. I can get the job done. All right. Well, now that said, uh, coming out of 2019, tell us what was on the horizon in 2020. What were you most looking forward to, um, 
you know, what were you working toward? And now some, some speed bumps along the way here, but uh, now you're back to it looking ahead towards 2021 now. Uh, and then tell us what's, uh, what's on the horizon there and what, uh, what you're hoping to get ready for and what is it taking uh, to, to get to where you need to be? Yeah. Well, to me, it's all about PBA 50 and, and the, uh, the C championships, you know, I just, Love those two events. Ron Moore tournament also. You know, Ron Moore runs the tournament in November every year. So, you know, we missed all of them this year. You know, they were all canceled. So uh, I really do have to emphasize his tournament. I really I really think if I bowled one tournament a year, it would probably be his tournament. It's it's a special event. Uh, people that haven't bowled it, uh, you have to, it sells out every year. I think we had 180 uh, bowlers set to bowl this year. So it was going to be a big event. And so I expect it hopefully to happen next year in 2021. So that, those are really the three events that I really look forward to. And just so fortunate to have SASBA. Uh, if anybody's around here, gets around Texas, you know, and uh, wants to bowl a senior event, they're just a lot of fun. And there's a bunch of different formats. And uh, they do a great job. Organization that's been around like 25 plus years. And and uh, it's a it's a close-knit it's almost like country club kind of thing, you know, where we, everybody gets to know each other. And it's just so fun to hang out with these people and, and be able to uh, compete. Now I can say that uh, the first time that, that you and I had a chance to, to meet and talk uh, was in your OC debut in 2006. We'll get to your OC career here in just a minute. Uh, of course, being a baseball fan growing up, uh, it's a starstruck moment for me as well as really almost every day at the open championships getting to meet, all the, the top bowlers and champions and, and now uh, being a part of the, the Hall of Fame process and, and just getting to know everybody. Every day is a starstruck day. Uh, but for you coming out, and, and you mentioned some of the guys that you looked up to and, and were hoping to, to be able to compete with, um, do you ever have those moments uh, as a bowling fan, as, as somebody who grew up watching bowling, that, uh, hey, I get to compete with these guys? Oh, absolutely. I'm still starstruck you know, all the time whenever I, when I see the uh, – the big names out there, you know, and now you have all these young kids that throw the ball so good. You know, I've, I'm a big fan of Chris Prathers and uh, Kyle and Brad, you know, they're fun to watch on their, their YouTube channel. So I, I, I'm still very much a fan, even though I'm competing. I'd love to compete against those guys and beat them. You know, that's the fun part is where we get right. to beat them and, then you take the picture of the sheet, take the picture of the sheet, and you show everybody. <laughs> I do all that stuff. Now, John, you're certainly a competitive guy, and our good friend uh, Chuck Landy uh, left a question here in the chat. So uh, we'll toss that up there. Heads up, who's winning? You or Mookie? Uh, me, of course. All right, come on. Right answer. I mean, he's just got. He's just young. That's all. I, I'll, I'll take. I'll take him on. But no, honestly, I. It's so fun to watch Mookie because uh, a lot of people in the past have, you know, challenged me and said, oh, yeah, I can beat Bergen. Uh, you know, I, I, I get people that say guys want to bowl me that are, that are baseball players and basketball players and stuff, and then I see them, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's not going to be a match. But someone like Mookie, when I watched, when I first saw Mookie throw it, I just thought, wow, he, you know, he throws like the young guys and looks like he's been doing it a long time. To me, you just watch somebody shoot spares and you know if they've been doing it a long time or not. He just looked very, uh, very polished. And then I read his story and saw that, uh, you know, his upbringing was kind of a lot like mine. So, you know, where he really loved bowling from the start and was really thinking about a bowling career before baseball. 
Talk about an amazing player, though. He's something else. I mean, I, I didn't really watch a lot of baseball until this year with COVID. I'm not, I'm not really a big baseball fan. And uh, I was as a kid, but I'm not now. Uh, I don't like how they took the starting pitchers out. I'm just – I was a starting pitcher my whole career, so it's just frustrating to watch a game and watch a guy get taken out in the first inning with, you know, made on second and two outs. It's just crazy. But I guess they have it all figured out now. But uh, – but I watched the playoffs and World Series this year, and watching Mookie was just very impressive. I mean, I, he became like my favorite player just just by watching his skills, amazing skills. Now, John Burkett in his heyday, and Mookie right now, could you strike him out? He'd give me a hard time. <laughs> Believe me, I was watching and I was I was uh, asking myself the same question during the playoffs and World <laughs> Series, and he's he's kind of like a Jeter type, where. Uh, where he covers the whole plate and can hit, you know, gap powered to all fields. And he's probably got more power than Jeter and Jeter gave me a hard time. I liked the big swingers, man. I liked the McGuire's and Sosa's and I liked facing those guys. Cause I, I could pitch in and out and up and down and but guys like Jeter and Mookie, they can cover, they can cover all those spots. And then you had bonds who gave me the hardest time and the, the, the most difficult thing for me to, deal with is somebody that could hit the ball on both sides of the plate and strike zone, do the strike zone very well. Cause I would try to expand the strike zone with my control. And so if a guy didn't do that for me, it made it difficult for me. I like the free swingers. So I think I could pitch today. Mookie would give me a hard time, but I think I could give, I, I think I could handle these guys that are trying to go deep every pitch. So now out there, uh, you know, in, in the baseball world, uh, of course, there's there's studying. There's things you need to learn. You need to learn the tendencies of the hitters and such. In uh, bowling, uh, similar in the regard that you know there's the oil patterns and invisible opponent for you, uh, but still things you need to learn and and understand about the patterns and how they change and transition. And uh, that said, as you've gotten into the serious side of bowling and competing professionally, what are some of the things? that you've had to learn or wanted to learn the most about to be able to find that same success, because th- th- there really are some, some things there that uh, they're just very important to, to be able to figure out and understand fast while you're out there competing. One well, fast doesn't happen very often. You know, like you just said, uh, the, to me, base, that's, that's the one thing that separates people on both sports is experience. You know, and there's nothing you can substitute for experience and knowing you know, just watching Norm and Pete and those guys make adjustments on the fly and just so quickly, you know, uh, it takes time because you have to see that situation before you believe it and make an adjustment to it. And, uh, you know, the transition of the lanes is just so uh, such a speed bump to get over and, you know, learn and learn your ball motion and how your ball going through the pins and how important it is to, to make that change, you know, as soon as you see it and have confidence in making the change and, there's a lot of variables in bowling. I tell people all the time, you know, it's just, there's just so much to it. And that's what makes it so much fun is the more you get into it, the more you're learning and the more you know that you have to learn and need to learn. And so that's, that's what really makes uh, it a fun sport to, to participate in. Uh, you said with the, the bowling lanes also came at pro shop. So the opportunity for you to learn more about equipment and drilling balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you, you're practicing a little bit today, it looks like, and I know you did some work yesterday. Uh, what are you working on right now? What are you trying to learn as we wind down 2020 and look ahead toward next season? 
I'm always trying to get my timing to be a little bit later. I think my timing's too early a lot. And uh, I, that's one thing I watch with these young guys and I admire is just how long they wait for it to come, come down from the top of the swing. And, uh, you know, growing up, we always wanted to keep our shoulders square and arms swing straight. And, you know, those days are kind of long gone uh, if you want to compete. You know, with the, the, the dynamics of the bowling balls and how, you know, how much friction is on the lanes now. Uh, you have to you have to create a lot of angle, and and to me that coincides with later timing. So I'm trying to get better at that. And it's funny because I, when I practice, I can feel it. I can feel it getting to the top, and then just falling down like it's supposed to. But then I get into co competition, and I pull it down from the top all the time. It just drives me crazy. Why can't I just let it fall? You know. <laughs> All right. If we all knew that, all the all the answers, yeah. uh, we'd all be out there winning PBA titles. But uh, that's very similar to the golf swing. Very similar to the golf swing. To me, in golf, when I'm playing well, I'm just getting it to the top and just letting it fall. And when I'm not, I'm you know I'm forcing it down and, and pulling it down from the top. And I think bowling is exactly the same. Uh, it's just so important to just wait for it. All Pitching right. the same way. You don't want to jump out there. You want to keep it back. Keep it. Keep it back. Keep that leverage. So a lot of similarities. Is that what yeah. maybe makes you as as good at East One uh, because there are I don't similarities? Know. I, yeah, maybe understanding that that's that's so, so important. Yeah, maybe that, that actually doing it is something you know completely different. You know, it, it takes a lot of work. And like I said, it's one thing to be able to do it in practice, but whenever the lights turn on, you know, when you got the little bit of the the heart pumping and the little nerves going, you know, to be able to rely on something that you're not really comfortable with. Uh, sometimes it gets difficult to do. Well, I feel this is a perfect transition now to the heart pumping event. I think that there is out there the open championships. <laughs> That's why we're here. I agree. Uh, I do. I career, do agree. Your career at the OC now, nearly as long as your major league baseball career, but uh, this goes back again to 2006 when you made your debut at the open championships uh, and you were friends with some folks and uh, it just kind of happened. It wasn't something that you had planned on especially as you said at that point in your career uh, it wasn't as serious as it is now uh, but tell us about that debut uh, and the heart pumping and the nerves and and what the expectations were coming in you bowled great we'll talk about the scores in a minute uh, but as far as the experience how it happened and what that debut was like for you especially compared as you said to like Fenway Park and, and some of the places that you played uh, it's our Fenway Park it's our Yankee Stadium so mm -hmm. tell us tell us about the open championships that year in Corpus Christi so as I just said, you know, I, I took up poker after baseball. So bowling wasn't really anything I was thinking about. I bowled once a week and I didn't have any desire to bowl the open championships. Uh, it wasn't really on my radar. And then a uh, really good friend of mine forever, Tom Spacero, uh, he, had, he had teams that win every year, two years or two teams every year, or maybe four teams. I'm not sure. I think it was just two. But anyway, I bowled league with him forever in Pennsylvania. And uh, he was always a mentor to me and, like drilled all my equipment and everything. So anyway, he gives me a call and he said, Hey, someone bailed on us and we need somebody, you know, to bowl the championships. I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not bowling the championships. He said, it's in Corpus Christi. Just get in your car and drive down. So I, I'm like, all right. So I drive six hours. Down. He, I go, I don't have any equipment. You know, I'm, I'm not ready, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, well, Bill Calhoun's down there. Who was the Ebonite. He was uh, Ebonite uh, booth at the championships. He said, Bill, draw you a ball. Just bring a spare ball. You'll be all set. I'm like, okay. So I get down there. Bill dry, drills me an Ebonite one, which is like the ball that was going at the time. And, uh, 
you know, walk out there, like you said, you know, all the lands are gone. And I mean, I, I had, I had the, the heart popping and, uh, now that, now that, it, now that it's been 14 years of experience, you know, bowling after that, I realized how lucky I was then, you know, that it just matched up perfectly and, and, uh, things just came together. I think I started out team of that with like 750 or 740. Doubles was a little, little tough and shot six oh, and then I shot seven sixty or something singles, I think, right? Something like that. Oh, it's uh, about by, right. By most standards, uh, a spectacular year. Seven twenty one in the team event. Uh, okay. first three games so I uh, on the biggest stage in bowling, uh six oh eight in doubles, and then seven fifty-three in singles for twenty eighty-two. Uh that's yeah. a career year, first year out of the gate. Uh, if you can think back uh, to how you felt walking off the lanes at that point, uh, knowing that you just bowled so well, how did that change the Open Championships uh, image in, in your mind and, and maybe motivate you to to want to come back even? Because you have been back now. There he uh, is. Look at that young every, guy. <laughs> every year but one uh, since 2006. Yeah. So there was something about it. Tell us uh, tell us about coming off the lanes in 2006. Uh, it was just such a rush, you know, and, uh, and especially to be able to perform that, that way. Uh like you said, career year. And I, I found that out pretty quickly. I didn't approach that number again for a long time, but, uh, did such an experience is so fun. And, and, uh, heck, I thought it was easy, man. I thought I was gonna be able to do that every year, especially if I like bought some bowling balls and I got prepared. I think the next year I did, I was like totally into it. I got down there and shot, I don't know what I shot. But I, I might've shot 1800, but yeah, nothing close to the 2082, but it, it just, uh, really, you know, lit the fire under me to at least prepare for that tournament every single year. So the, the only one I missed was the skiing accident. I, I blew out my ACL and MCL in 2012. So that's why you see the, the one year miss there. Otherwise I'd have bowled all of them. There you go. That, that was going to be a, a next question, but, uh, okay. So first we need to keep you off of the, uh, the dangerous sports. That's I it. know <laughs> well, they, they said to stay active after you retire to, you know, stay healthy and keep active. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just not working out for me. I need to stay active, you know, by doing something safer, I guess. But I'll probably yeah. mountain bike again, and I do ski. I still ski. I just try to take it easy. All right. Well, be careful there as you're chasing yeah. those PBA 50 dreams. Uh, and now at the OC, you mentioned already uh, the group that, that you started bowling with. Uh, you guys have been a, a pretty loyal group uh, for mm -hmm. your entire career. Uh, I saw your, your doubles partner checked in a little bit earlier as well. Uh, how important is that aspect of the OC? You mentioned uh, at least initially maybe the, the Eagle kind of a, a faraway thought, but the experience is more what it's all about for you and the group and the guys and, and the camaraderie. Uh, tell us about that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody that hasn't done it, I mean, you just have to do it. If you if you love bowling, you, you have to go out there. And I mean, if you ever want to play in the big leagues or play – you know, major sport sporting event. I'm telling you right now, man, you walk out there. I got a lot of experience in sports, but every single time I walk out there, I'm very nervous. It's a, it's just a great experience to have that heart popping and, and then got to bring buddies to me. It's so, so much fun to bring the guys that, you know, that you uh, enjoy being around and don't put too, too much pressure on each other and, you know, have, have a good time. If you bowl well, you bowl well, if not, you know, have a few pops and have a good time, you know, and that's what we do. I mean, it's been, a great experience and a lot of fun. And, uh, this year, unfortunately, Tommy Spicero, who is my mentor and, and bowling basically. And he, he, uh, was my doubles partner for, for years. He got hurt this year. And then his son bowled with me, Lou, who I guess you mentioned is on right now. 
and uh, we made a nice little run. So I think we ended up like 30th or something like that this year, maybe 40th. But uh, yeah, you guys and doubles had, had a, a lot a of terrific, a terrific 2019. Uh, like 10th in all events, which is uh, which is what we we had talked about. Uh, a big not a surprise, but certainly a, a a very motivating event for you. 25th in singles, 40th in doubles, and again uh, yeah. at 54 years old. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's some some feelings of you're in the the new part of your career, to looking to chase those PBA 50 dreams. So just now getting sharp, we see it. We mentioned Ron Moore earlier, and uh, he had a, a real job in a different life before bowling really right. came uh, in the, the senior aspect of his life, and uh, now he's a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, and now to get to that position, to get that close to an eagle, you've had a great career at the OC, averaging almost 210, uh, shooting 1800 all but a couple of years, but uh, 2019 uh, shooting almost 2,100 and a top 10 finish. That had to be pretty awesome to walk away from too. I really think it's probably the number one accomplishment in bowling. Yeah. So far for me, I mean, to, to see the, uh, the players that are in, in the top 10 and to be, to be able to squeeze in there. I was sweating it out at the end, man. I was, I was, I was 10th there for the last, last uh, couple of weeks, I think. And I really wanted to end up in the top 10 and it worked out. Now from the career and, and all the time that you guys have had together, uh, do you have a, a favorite place or any favorite memories? Uh, just spending time with, with the teammates. Oh man, it's, it's, it's just fun every year. I mean, we make it fun no matter where we're at. You know, uh, I, I think, I think Vegas is probably my favorite just because it's at South point and I really match up well there for some reason. And, uh, I mean, I just like the setup there and, and, uh, there's some good restaurants there close by that I enjoy. And so we have, we have a really good time there. Reno's fun too, though. There's, I mean, like I said, we make it fun no matter where we're at. So it doesn't really matter where we're bowling. Now, the good news is, uh, you mentioned matching up well at South point and coming off a great year there. So while we missed 2020, uh, we're back at South point. Yeah, uh, in twenty one and twenty two, so you got to feel pretty good, pretty confident going in there. Um, do you do you, do you feel there's just a few little things that uh, that maybe you can work on to 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 improve, or or do you like where you are uh, as far as that, or is it just a confidence thing, really? Uh, to me, it's really about uh, making the ball changes at the right time, you know, and the right ones, you know. I mean, you just have to. You know, I had I had. Uh, some help this year with Bill Callahan. He was on our team and he, he got me in the right ball probably quicker than I would have, you know, I think probably twice uh, during the nine games. So uh, definitely credit goes to him too, but that's, that's pretty much what it is to me. I mean, I'm, I'm very confident if I have the look and if I'm, you know, striking, I'm not going to stop. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I feel like I can make the shots if, if, if I have the right look and, uh, ball changes and hand position sometimes, you know, that that's what gets you there. So I just have to get sharper and sharper at that. Now, as a bowler, how different is John Burkett 2006 from John Burkett 2019? Oh man. I mean, I, I thought I was good then and I think I'm good now. <laughs> so that's one way we're the same, <laughs> but I have learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, since then, I mean, it's just been, I've had a lot of help. You know, a lot of super knowledgeable people that are around me. And, uh, you know, with being on the storm staff, I mean, I get a lot of input from people 
and uh, and I've been you know fortunate to to have that, and uh, it's it's really quickened my learning curve quite a bit, but but still haven't got to where I want to get yet, but uh, I've had some success, like you said. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been definitely worth the effort, you know, that I've, that I've put in over the last five six years. Right now, there's a there's a few local events coming up to to wrap up the year. Nothing uh, sizable, I believe. Ron Ron's tournament not happening uh, right. this year. Um, but uh, what are you working on? Working toward right now? What do you have going on the rest of the year, bowling wise, uh, as we as we wind it down? Uh, right now, I'm gonna probably I got a tournament this weekend, doubles tournament, SASBA tournament again, and then uh, after that, I'm gonna there's not much going on. So I'm going to take a break and go skiing and hopefully not kill myself there. You know, I'm going to go skiing for probably a couple months. We, okay. we have a place in, in park city, Utah. So we December, January, parts of February, we'll come home a little bit, but we usually spend most of our time there ski with the family. They're going to come. Kids are going to come for Christmas and stuff. And my wife and I stay there quite a bit. So I look forward to that. So that doesn't sound terrible at all. Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> now, you, now, you mentioned Park City, Utah. How far away is that from uh, another little place in Utah? I know it has a little bowling facility there. Is that pretty close? Or? Yeah, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. I've been there at the Storm headquarters. So uh, I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes. I've been there twice. Okay, not too bad. Yeah, they invited me over there a couple of times. So it was, it was a lot of fun. That was part of my inspiration for getting my lanes. I, yeah, you know, just seeing that little setup there, I was like, "Oh man, that'd be cool to have that." Yeah, you know, have the ability to to, to do that. So, mm-hmm. fortunately, baseball made that possible for me, and it's been it's been a it's been a great ride. Just hopefully, I can stay healthy and <laughs> healthy enough to uh, you know win the national national title and maybe an eagle. You know, you never know. I'm getting getting a little old now, but Ron Moore has proven that it can be done. So he's a an amazing example of what you can do if you if you you know have dedication and stay in decent shape and you know things can happen. Now you mentioned we've talked about Ron a few times on the show and you know, Ron is legendary for his uh, pre-breakfast workouts where he's already done like 600 push-ups and <laughs> yeah and sit-ups and all that and I, I have to ask just on the you know correlating that to the baseball side uh, you know I'm I'm sure you know with as many athletes as there are out there that, you know, some of the folks you uh, competed with just had these insane workout regimens like that where they would do that much work just every single day. Was there anyone who's on Ron Moore's level uh, as far as kind of putting in those type of numbers day in, day out? Not that I saw. I mean, the game has changed quite a bit since I was in it. Uh, when I first started, you know, there were half the guys that didn't even run and, and weights for a pitcher was – a no-no. You know, they told us never to lift weights because you get tight and you don't want to. You want to keep your flexibility. And now the game has progressed to. It's all about strength. You know, so. And. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really see much of that. Maybe a little bit at the tail end of my career. I remember Shea Hill and Brand worked quite a, pretty hard. Uh, but you know, we did our running and some stuff, but you know, nothing like uh, what some of these guys do. When you look at Ron Moore, you can tell he puts a lot of work in. Very flexible, you know. Very good condition. I mean, he's uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. 
Now, while you guys are out there chasing chasing these dreams, uh, do you have a, a circle, a, a group of guys that, that you hang with, travel with, stay with to kind of keep you motivated and, and, and going out there? Yeah, I hang out with Bill Nichols quite a bit. He's a uh, great guy. And, and uh, Gary Allstott, uh, uh, Jim Stortz. I mean, we have a good, fun group of guys that – Bo Gergen. Uh, you know, we, we have a group of guys that kind of hang out and – and uh, do our thing, but it's just so fun to talk about bowling. Like, it, it, it's, I think it, I think a lot of them want to talk to me about baseball, but especially Norm and and Pete and those guys. All I want to talk about is bowling. So, uh, I just love hanging out with guys and you know picking their brains and uh, just learning from them. So it's it's been a good all around experience for me. All right, well, you already mentioned what's coming up uh, for the rest of the year, the holidays away. I think if uh, if you need somebody to watch the house and the lanes and the pro up while you're gone, there's about 67 volunteers uh, in the chat there. So uh, just let us know. We can help set okay. that up for you. Um, and then beyond yeah. that, uh, we've got, the again, the OC coming up, 2021 right. in Las Vegas. Uh, are you guys all set? Are you, are you headed our way? Oh, when yeah. are you coming our way? We're all paid and everything. We're ready to go. So, uh yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, are you going to try to organize that uh, along with the, the senior masters and some of the the West Coast PBA fifty events that typically happen, or is this a, a separate trip for you? No, we have uh, a couple guys that do taxes, so we have to wait until April. We have to wait until after April fifteenth, so we that's why we do first week of May every year. Uh, and then June they're all pretty much done bowling leagues. So they don't want to bowl in June. I'd like to match it up with the masters and U S open, but I'm not the boss. You know, <laughs> Tommy Spacero is the boss. He's, he's been at the team for a long time. So yeah, we, but uh, I'm just kidding. But we're, yeah, it, it, that's just how it works out for us. We just, uh, may the first week of may has been good. Works out for everybody. I have to admit, I know how that feels. Matt Canzaro is the boss, so he always tells me where to go. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, John. Right. Uh, we're kind of getting to pack my bags and go. Anybody tell me. Exactly. That's, that's my life, yeah. 100%. Uh, and we're getting to the hour mark here. Uh, so we're kind of getting to the, to the wrap up. And uh, I know Matt did a very interesting article uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, by a gentleman named Bill Moore, who built two lanes inside of his house, similar to what you got there. Uh, a lot of cool things going on there. Uh, and he, I know part of the article, he talked about, you know, the high game there, the high series. So, uh, you know, do we have a high game? Like, what's the record score at Berkey Bowl right now? I want to know what that is. So, you know, Matt and I can come over and try and beat the record score. That's what we want to do. Well, I usually don't uh, score. I mean, I just – I. I have what they, yeah, they just, it just runs the first shot all the time. It's called my shot. So most of the time I just do that. I have below 300 here, but uh, whenever, uh, whenever I do score, but I don't score that often. And I never get Deadwood here, but I had Paul Fleming here one day and I made the 710. So, wow. Wow. He was here and I never get Deadwood. It's crazy. I've never bowled anywhere with less Deadwood than this place. And the lanes are hard too. They're flat. Just the way I like them. They're, yeah, it's it's. They did a really good job. They're, it's a Brunswick installation. They did a really good job installing it. Uh, one of the things that really drove me crazy at the beginning, if anybody 
you know, getting wanting to do a couple lands in her house. You see those panels. Okay, get my finger in the right. See those those panels there? Mm -hmm. Those are sound panels because I mean it was so loud in here. It was crazy. I mean you couldn't even you couldn't even have a conversation. So uh, I got the sound panels put in like theater kind of thing, and it, it did a it was amazing. Did a really good job of killing the sound. So that's really important. Oh, well, now that that project is all completed, it looks like, or on its way, and uh, you're all healed up, uh, any more uh, extreme sports, anything else you're going to learn or, or take advantage of or try to become a professional <laughs> at while, while you have some free time? No, no I'm done. <laughs> my wife's about done with my uh, with my obsessions. Too. I see. Yeah. How did the, yeah. the poker ever pin out for you? Is that is that still a thing? or? I still do it a little bit. Yeah, uh, during I had a group of guys. We had a home game all the time here. Uh, like every Thursday. And then when COVID hit, I hadn't played with them for a while. And when COVID hit, they, they were like, Hey Berkey, come on, man, we're going to just play online. You know, they got this website that you can get home game going. And so I, I've been playing with them quite a bit. It's been fun well, and yeah, profitable. It's <laughs> always, always important. Always. Yes, exactly. You don't want to be the fish. If you don't know who the fish is, then you're the fish. You heard that one? <laughs> Uh, you're sitting. Always, you're sitting at the table, and you don't know who the fish is. You're the fish. You. Yep. Yeah. Noted. Hundred percent. So you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. We have a we have a running list of all the things we've learned on inside the OC that are completely <laughs> not OC related. That is uh, yeah. that is good stuff. Uh, well, we appreciate all the insight today and uh, and the look inside Berkey Bowl. There, uh, pretty awesome stuff. And yeah, I'll take your whole tour. Yeah, we, there we go. Tour. Let's all go. Right, all right. So I didn't even show you the pro shop so here's the pro shop oh wow yeah nicely so nice i like that you. as much as the lanes because i can you know get the bowling balls and drill them and, and then uh and then get the throw them right away and then here's the lanes and i got that's me being lazy with my duster and don't <laughs> want to put it away and that's being that's me being lazy with my rolling machine and not wanting to put it away and golf got my putter got a, three tvs for football whenever i whenever i want to watch uh sunday ticket so you got the uh, steelers colors going there too i so. do yeah i got my steelers trash can <laughs> oh one of my favorite things about the pro shop too is the bowling ball storage box. i got a cabinet maker make this oh wow very nice so it holds uh it holds 40 balls there there's my there's my shoulder exercise for my frozen shoulder. Yes, that's a uh, that's a common this one. Is pretty, <laughs> this is pretty cool. So a friend of mine had a card baseball card shop, and I, when I made the '93 All Star team, he made this for me. This is uh, this is that, that's the '93 American League and National League All Stars. Everybody, everybody's on that, and that's awesome. the bowler right there. Bowler. <laughs> Very so that's cool. That's about it. Well, Aaron Smith, I see a, I see a USBC Bowl TV spinoff here, USBC Cribs. How about that? We'll go into yeah. the homes of uh, some of our PWBA and, and USBC Hall of Famers and champions, and uh, this is uh, pretty good stuff. Things things you don't see uh, on, uh, on the other streaming platforms for sure. My wife had that made for me. It's a table with a bowl, made out of a bowling lane, an old wooden bowling lane. Pretty cool. One of my uh, – favorite things here anyway that's it 
I practice bowling and I watch the stock market. <laughs> the best of both worlds. There. Yes. That's it's my day. Certainly. That's the day of the life of John Burkett. Certainly just. I hope uh, I hope retirement <laughs> from uh, from bowling and riding is uh, just as fun and lucrative. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, I have just passed the 15 year mark as well, so I, I think it's time. If I was a baseball player, oh, I'd be yeah, thinking about it. calling it a day. Absolutely. And, uh, well, awesome. Well, just when you turn 50, man. When you turn 50, that's when it gets. It'll be good. It's right around the corner. I'm ready. We talked about this last week with Jay Nephew. I'm going to start practicing right around 48, and I'm going to go out. I'm going to chase the non-champs dream as well. Get yeah. ready, get sharp, get the confidence, uh, and then it's happening. And, of course, as he pointed out, of course, all the guys that would be beating up on me now uh, are going to be 50 as well. So it's just they get to yeah, that's the, that's at the that point. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. Right. Yeah. So all good stuff. Something to look It'll forward right. to. And uh, we appreciate it. Of course, as always, uh, great insight. Love talking um, to you guys. Best of luck with the, the rehab and everything down the road Thank for you, you. And, and and stay safe uh, out there on the ski slopes as well. Absolutely. And I will see you guys around. I'm sure. All right. Aaron Smith. Uh, what a fun day. It was uh, John Burkett, major league baseball player turned bowler or bowler turned baseball player turned bowler again. Who knows? It was awesome. And uh, a fantastic facility there. Uh, wow. Um, very cool stuff. And good, uh, good tour. First tour here on Bull TV. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll end it here. Next week, we are off for the Thanksgiving holiday, so no Inside the OC podcast. But if you're missing anything along the way, uh, go back, check it out in the Bull TV archives, uh, as well as the PWA podcast, uh, Bowling Explained, the Sport of Bowling Show, you name it, it's all in there. Uh, and then we'll be back uh, two weeks from today with uh, another great episode. Uh, we'll have uh, all those details posted in the coming weeks as well. And, uh, and that's really going to do it. Everybody, we want you to enjoy the holiday week. Stay safe. Uh, be careful out there. Aaron Smith, you as well. Go home, pick up your turkey, get to uh, get those recipes ready. Looking forward uh, to hearing all about uh, your Thanksgiving in, uh, in your new home there, uh, way across town. So, um, folks, that's it. We had a, a great show today. John Burkett, Aaron Smith. My name is Matt Canizar. That's news for now. We'll see you on the way. Yeah.